Hello everybody and welcome to Brunvagoon, you will not get there on a road bike. Last episode of this mini-series powered by laser in support of Bikeegees. Bikeegees, that's the right pronunciation. Let's start from the beginning. Well, you can win an awesome laser helmet painted by the one and only Ellie Summer, aka Summer's Tattoo, and... The only way to win it is just donating to Bikeegees from the link down below. And please, people, let me know who you are. Let me know what's your name. Just being recognizable because I need to put everybody in a bowl and choose one of you. But then I need to contact you and tell you, look, you want this awesome laser helmet painted by Alice Summer. So, down below is the link for the donation or Calamaro CC or Broomwagon Podcast in Instagram. And there you can find the link for the donation. The only way to access to this raffle is going to be in the bio. You click on that, you just drop some coins. Everything is good because everybody should pay for what they can. It doesn't matter the amount for every donation that you are doing and your donation is gonna go into a bowl together with your name and next week I'm gonna choose the winner completely randomly. I hope it's everything clear. If you have doubts, you know where to reach me. Calamaro CC or Broomwagon Podcast on Instagram are the best places and otherwise just remember that another good way of making this thing quite successful is sharing this project with your friends thanks everybody involved and thanks as well grav grav supporting this podcast i think that at that point the day after today or soon there's going to be also an article on grav grav about it i had i got some technology problems so i couldn't publish it yet but it's coming i swear also with the link to all these podcasts and let's start with the episode of today. First episode actually was with Alice Summer, the awesome artist who painted this amazing helmet. Second one was with Bart and Sophie from Laser, talking about their values and also the technology behind the helmet. And today is the main star of this project is by Key G's Katrina, that is a volunteer for this awesome charity will talk with me in a few seconds, talking about how everything started, how is the best way of supporting Bikeegees, but also what are the real accomplishments that they made in these last eight years of activity of Bikeegees. It's gonna be awesome, and of course, there's gonna be some other notes, of course, always remember that. It's gonna be awesome, so I will leave you here, and you listen to that. In the meantime that you are listening, grab your phone, link down in the description, donate, and support Bikey G's, and then also get the opportunity of winning this awesome helmet. Should be here somewhere, down on Instagram, everywhere. Listen to now Katrina. Finally, I can really give a voice to one of my favorite charities, and actually the charity that you have been myself mispronouncing since three years, because today I have here with me to end up this awesome mini-series, and uh, yeah, 
I will say it again because today I have here with me at the end of this super awesome miniseries, Katrina from Bikey G's. That's the way to pronounce it, right? Yes, well done. Thank you. Also, I, did I misspell your name or mispronounce your name? No, it's okay. Katrina. Yeah, Perfect. Like the Perfect. hurricane. <laughs> so for everybody out there, I'm not going to explain what Bikey G's is because this time actually I have somebody that has a bit more of knowledge, a tiny bit more of knowledge, a huge amount of more knowledge than I have. Uh, explain what's Bikey G's and everything. That's why we're here talking. But just the thing that I want to say is that I have been running now this podcast six seasons plus one. In the last two seasons and a half, I have been mentioning Bikey G's because it was actually the charity that I was donating uh, with my um, COVID jar and everything in the last couple of years, couple of years and a half. And now when I actually thought about a project to do in this way, so with a raffle, with a getaway, a giveaway of an helmet awesomely painted by Alice Summer and donated by Laser. Well, I thought, okay, there is only one charity that I want to involve with that, and it's Bikey G's. That's why today we are talking about it, about all the projects, about the future, about the past, about everything with Katrina. So hopefully everything is fine. Sorry, I was super long on that. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks so much for having having me. Um, yeah, it's a great project, and I, I love to talk about um, Bikey Cheese. So, um, yeah, so Bikey Cheese is a empowerment project. Um, we teach women from all around the world to bike. Um, we're based in Berlin, um, and a bit of history: we've actually taught 1,000, just over 1,700 women um, to to bike. So it's been it's been a wow. Amazing. Yeah, it's been it's been a, a, a lot of um, a lot of amazing participants and a lot of amazing uh, people who've been involved so far. So um, I'm really proud to be a part of the project. Yeah, and you were telling me before off records that basically Bikey's was Bikey G's was of course I was going to mispronounce it was born in 2015, right? And you joined them since 2017. It's quite a bunch of years. We're talking about eight years, and for you actually. Let me say six years. Yeah, um, it's been it's been really. I think it's really a credit also to the project for one that um, we we do actually have a lot of people that have been involved for for this long, and also the fact that we've had um, we we still have trainings with with people showing up, and we still have there's still a very high demand um, for learning to bike, and I think that's really speaks to to the to the the use of the project and the fact that a that. It's a project that really um, found a niche that that wasn't being served within Berlin. Perfect. So, starting maybe from the beginning. First of all, I wanted to ask you. First of all, can you give us a little introduction about you, so we know with whom we are talking about? Yeah. Um, so, like I said, I'm 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 a volunteer with Bikey G's. Um, I'm actually based in Berlin, but originally from Canada. Um, and I got involved r roughly 2017 because mm -hmm. I was looking for, um, I, I'm an avid cyclist and I was looking for a project that kind of combined um, my interest in cycling um, with, with uh, something that could, could help yeah. um, with, as I'm sure you know, um, the kind of political situation that there were a lot of people coming to Germany. Absolutely. Um, and I was looking to kind of help out with that um, and, and bring my skill set to that. That's perfect. So you were talking about you are an avid cyclist. Tell me more about your cycling life. 
Yeah, um, I so maybe cyclist is maybe the wrong word. Um, I, I do a lot of biking. Um, I'm kind of a um, someone who does a lot of bike commuting. Um, one, one of the things I really love about living in Berlin is the fact that that you can actually cycle. So, for example, I cycle to work every day, uh, which has been really lovely um, and has been also a really kind of important part of, of finding myself in the city and exploring the city um, has been on bicycle. Um, and that's one of the reasons I really, I really love working with Bikey G's because I can kind of pay that forward to um, people who, who maybe not have been able to do that yet. Yeah, that's perfect. And uh, you said that you're a volunteer for Bikey G's, right? But how does it work, actually, the association itself? So you are, I mean, you have specific tasks or everybody does everything or you have a specific role or you're actually involved in almost everything. How does it work? Um, so we have a couple different kind of people who do different things. Um, we have kind of a core, let's say, staff, um, some of which are, are actually part-time employed, who do a lot of the kind of back of house. Um, it's the, the fun bit is teaching people to bike, but there's actually a lot of work um, as well as you can imagine to go into kind of the logistics of this. Um, you know, finances, insurance, uh, social media, all these things um, that kind of allow us to do the work. Um, but we also require a lot of, of volunteers. Um, there's a lot of volunteers who've been involved for a long time. There's been a lot, we also have a lot of volunteers who show up just occasionally. Um, and they're super important because you need a lot of people. Um, in general, you need kind of two volunteers to every person who's learning. Um, so we're really lucky that we're able to kind of mobilize th that amount of volunteers for every training because that we'll often have trainings where we'll have, you know, 40, 50 people show up. Um, and that requires a lot of a lot of help, basically. <laughs> yeah. So starting from the beginning again, and uh, let's go actually into the deep part of the presentation of the presentation of the conversation. And mm -hmm. by Kijis, what you mentioned it already: training women refugees to ride bikes. Tell us more about that. How does it work? What is it? Yeah, um, I think it's funny because I think we always tell people, you know, like the point of the project is to to teach people to bike. And I think that's true. But I think it's a much wider project than that. Mm -hmm. It's really kind of about both this specific skill of, of biking, which is also more than just, you know, being able to pedal, but also, you know, how do I how do I behave in traffic? We also teach basic bike repair skills. And that's also super important. You know, what do I do when when I have a flat tire? How do I how do I pump up a, a tire? How do I switch a, a bike tube? Um, all these things like really are are, are a part of, of biking besides just the pedaling. Um, but we also, I definitely see the project also as an empowerment project. And we have a lot of women who come where, you know, who've told us like, this is the first thing that they've really done just for themselves in Germany. That wasn't like kind of, you know, related to the survival of their family, but really kind of a, a moment to take, this was, you know, an hour that they took or two hours that they took um, to kind of really have fun. And, and we have, we have a lot of fun. We laugh a lot. Um, you know, we share a lot of stories and I think that that's also a really important element of the project, um, kind of besides the, the biking. Um, but yeah, we do, um, we, we basically start people off. We do kind of a quick introduction to, to the bicycle. We have, we have a variety of, of kind of backgrounds. So sometimes people have, have biked as a child and, and are kind of getting back into biking as an adult. Um, we have some women who've, you know, never been on a bicycle, never touched a bicycle. Um, and then we basically kind of work usually with two volunteers and then one learner. 
um, and basically support that person until they're able to, to bike on their own. Um, and yeah, sometimes that takes a while. Sometimes they get it quite quickly. Um, it really is very individual, um, kind of one-on-one -on -one to the person who's learning. That's perfect. And so basically, how does it work? You just organize training days, or so where people show up, where women show up, or just you arrange, I don't know, something like smaller sessions or follow-up sessions. How does it work? We actually do both. So we have kind of two groups now. Um, we have um, we have groups that actually go out. Um, we have roughly 10 trainings a week that are with smaller groups, and those are actually groups that go out um, usually on the outskirts of Berlin to actual places where um, in particular refugees are being housed. Um, and those groups are a little bit more um, intimate because we're able to kind of work with the same women week after week. Um, and that's where we can actually you know, support them from never having touched a bicycle to all the way where, you know, we'll go on, on bike tours. I've been on, you know, 10, 15 kilometer bike tours with some women who we taught to bike, you know, where they were biking on the bike lane and signaling and, and shoulder checking, you know, which is really like quite a bit of progress um, within, you know, a year or two uh, to really bring someone from, from nothing to being able to, to bike safely on the road. Um, and then we also have parallel to that, we have once a month um, open trainings and those are, are kind of a free for all. So, so people can just show up um, and we do those actually in a, in a bike training school in Berlin, Kreuzberg, um, where we're, we're very lucky. It's like a closed circuit. So we're able to, to, um, to do kind of more, let's say informal trainings. And that's been also very fun. That's nice. Yes, there probably you're going to just make a call to everybody in the school because being actually a closed environment, you can really start since from the base, basics. So really jump on the bike and see what's going on. Yeah, essentially, I think it's I think there's it's really fun to see as people progress. And I think a lot of the time I've had a couple of women who really were like, I, I don't believe you. Like, I do not believe that this is possible. <laughs> um, and that's really amazing when, you know, an hour later, they're like biking and screaming and laughing and it's it's they're having a great time. And I think that that's really like the moments that, that keep me involved in the projects. I think it's it's really nice to have kind of to be able to really within, you know, a couple of hours really like make this very significant change in someone's life. Yeah, perfect. And uh, yeah, talking about the history of bike EGs, how everything started from where the, the idea arrived? And um, Yeah, it started actually kind of as a very ad hoc um, project. As you probably know, 2015, there were a lot of um, there was a lot of there were a lot of people coming to Germany from from abroad, um, you know, looking for, for safety, basically. Um, and there was also a lot of people in Germany really kind of trying to, to figure out ways to help. Um, and it started really as like an ad hoc project um, in one of the housing facilities at the time when um, our founders realized actually, you know, a lot of these women really don't know how to bike and, mm -hmm. and they had, you know, shown up with one bike and were just completely overrun with interests. Um, and um, our, our founder, Annette, always tells the story that they thought, I think they start, you know, they started in the, in the fall and they thought, you know, come winter, you know, no one will show up. It'll be fine. It will just kind of peter out. Um, you know, and then as winter progressed and it got colder and colder, like people were showing up with, you know, to, to bike with like no winter clothing and it was freezing and they were still really interested. And I think the demand really um, became clear. And I think that's that's when uh, the project kind of started to grow because really there, there was a huge amount of interest. That's super nice. I, re I truly remember that 2015 with a lot of people exactly coming to Berlin. At that time, I was living in Berlin and um 
with the company that why we were I was working for at the moment, we were going actually also directly to different offices and whatever to help them to discuss directly with the with the authorities and in order to get the right documents to have a safe place to stay and everything. And yes, and uh, I was there. Remember that we were giving a lot of help. I mean, even myself with my really low level of German that they had at the time and still have, uh, I was there trying to help. But yeah, for sure, having. Um, yeah, refugees being helped on the everyday things, and especially for this thing, bureaucracy, whatever, was super important. But I can see even more how important could be to let them do the everyday things in the everyday life. And for this, really, the bicycle is really a tool, right, that can help them in order to discover the city, but also just going grocery shopping or meeting people or discovering the city. And that's really a great empowerment. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think what we've noticed too, I mean, especially going out um, to the, to the outskirts, like for some people, this is really, this, this can be the difference between like them being able to get to the grocery store, you know, or not, because it's, you know, obviously mobility is also, you know, a, a bit of a, of, a, of a justice issue. And sometimes, you know, there, sometimes people don't always have access to, to great mobility, um, even in Berlin. And so being able to, to ride a bike, which is kind of a frivolous, fun activity, but for some people, it's really kind of becomes their main means of transport. And I think that's also um, something that is really important for, for a lot of women we teach is like, this is how they get their kids to school, you know, in the morning. And that's, that's really lovely when, when someone says like, yeah, now you know, my life is better because, because I have this skill. Um, and it's something I think that a lot of Germans, um, you know, are lucky to be able to take for granted now. Um, and I think it's something that a lot of um, is not maybe so known in, in Germany that uh, there's actually a lot of countries in which it's, it isn't common to cycle. And a lot of women, um, because of that, you know, because of cultural issues or also just accessibility issues, um, are not able to learn. And so when they come to Germany um, as an adult, then they're kind of cut off from this whole um area of mobility that they that they don't have access to yeah and as we were saying before i mean then berlin is also if you think about that it's also a super easy city to discover and to yes to get in contact with with a bike because i mean the easiest thing to say is everything flat so it's really accessible on that time then you're most of the time really well protected because of bicycle lane and everything like that so really it's not one of those places where you really need to jump on a car or really have a prop, a, a, an own vehicle uh, to own in order to move from one side to the other. Just something really easy as a bike can really make the difference. Yeah, absolutely. And I think especially, um, you know, I think there's also like with, with cars, obviously that's it's for a lot of people is a bit of an access issue. I mean, cars are cars. Are, bicycles are a lot cheaper than, yeah, exactly. than a car, uh, quite frankly. Um, but also I think it, it is nice, you know, when, when people move to Germany, this is kind of a moment in which they're, you know, they're, they're creating new, new habits. Um, and, you know, if you think about, you know, the million, the million people that, that have arrived, you know, it would be nice if all those people were biking instead of all, you know, buying a car as soon as they're able. Um, and I think that's also kind of one of the, 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 Parts of the project is it you know there is this very strong environmental aspect um, that we're really kind of trying to promote promote bicycling absolutely absolutely and uh, women so that's also another super strong part of uh, of the project right 
I mean, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah. I think women on the um, bike is not that common also because you were talking about also before cultural uh, limits that they could have actually in their country, but several other things. Yeah, I think one of the one of the reasons why um, the project is is for women and by women as well um, is, I think, because of the fact that we we noticed from the very beginning that this was in a lot of ways a, a women specific issue, um, a lot of because of this kind of cultural stigmas, uh, also because of access issues, um, a lot of women had never learned to, to bike. Um, and we were finding that was much less common amongst the men. There wasn't, there was really not as much demand. Um, and also I think the, the kind of empowerment part and this kind of creating this safe space really requires it to be uh, a women-only project. And I think that's something that also um, has kind of been really nice within the project is also seeing it kind of function also as like networking and as um, kind of a support system for, for women who, um, you know, have met through the project or who came to us and then showed up the next week with all of their friends. And uh, it's really kind of grown, I think, because it because it's such a such a lovely um, safe space. I think that, that was was really important for us to, to keep. Great. And so Biking is everything started in 2015. How did it evolve and how it has been evolving, actually, as it been evolving for, yeah, in all these years and what's at what state are you now? Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's grown a lot, I think. And I think from kind of what was a very ad hoc project with like people who I think, you know, it's also, we, it's also been a learning process, both in terms of, of learning how to, to teach people better. And I think there's not, you know, there's not a lot of skill or literature about that. It's, you know, most, most of us learned how to bike as a child. Um, so that's been a big evolution. I think also just in terms of the scale of the project. So, you know, when we started at the very beginning, um, there was just, you know, this was like very much just an ad hoc project. And then we kind of moved to having these open trainings um, and now being able to, to actually run 10 trainings a week um, has really made a huge difference in terms of the amount of women that we can reach. And I think also um, being able to actually go out and um, be closer to where people are actually living has been very nice and very helpful. Um, and the other thing which I find super amazing is we're now kind of on our third generation of trainers. So we, we have um, people who learn from us, who nice. taught people who are now involved as trainers in the project. And that's super amazing to be able to see like this, this knowledge being passed on. Wow. No, that, that's uh, actually, I have to be completely sincere. I didn't think about that, but it's completely right. People actually learned with you a few years ago how to ride bikes and they're probably the best teacher that everybody can be. Because as you were saying, we learned how to go on the bike when we were kids. You don't know how you learned. But then if you just learn in the recent years, it's crazy. Yeah, I think that's that's also that's just been, that's been really amazing. I mean, for me to see, I think also it's super helpful because I think sometimes it is a, it is a difficult gap, right? If you if you learn as a child, it's kind of like trying to explain to somebody how you learn to speak. It's you know it just it just happened, um, and so to actually have people who learned as adults, I think a as kind of proof that that it is actually possible. That's a really big motivation for a lot of participants if they can see someone who you know kind of shares a bit of their story. Um, that's actually helping them as well. Um, and it's also honestly the, the also just the having the language skill has also been really invaluable as well. Um, and having people who are, you know, can can translate for us um, has been another part that's been super helpful. And I think at the beginning, you know, we didn't have all of this. 
Um, and so now the project is, I think, a lot more kind of grown up um, and a lot more effective and is able to reach a lot more people. Yeah. Um, talking about actually, yeah, this is really the, an awesome success story, knowing that actually after eight years, you're still there, still growing and having new people also wanted to join you as a volunteer to teach other people to ride bikes. That's an amazing, really success story. But I think that actually there was something challenging or what better, let's move it in this way. What was the biggest challenges that you actually found around during this path since the beginning until now? Um, I mean, the the funding, especially at the beginning, I know was was challenging. I think there was a long period in which we were very much still kind of based on donations. And that's obviously, as, as you can imagine, very difficult. Um, and then I think also not to kind of bring up the pandemic, but that was also a very challenging time for us because we were at that point, you know, very contact based, you know, you're holding that's someone true. while they're biking. Um, and so we basically had to kind of reinvent um, during that period, how, um, how we taught people how to bike and we, you know, we made it work. And I was also involved in trainings, you know, where we were completely contactless. Um, but you know, that was, that was challenging. That was kind of a, a big, um, say monkey wrench, <laughs> Um, in the project and we also you know for for a while we, we also obviously weren't running um, open trainings um, so I think in some ways it was it was helpful because I think it really kind of forced us to to focus and and think a lot about you know other ways potentially to to teach people how to bike um, but it was it was a difficult period for for the project especially you know a project that was very ad hoc and and still very much relies on volunteers that was obviously a little bit difficult yeah. <laughs> kind of at the height of the pandemic yeah yeah i see i see absolutely the point so teaching people how to bike we actually been discussing and talking about that quite a lot and uh, mm -hmm. i honestly i cannot really visualize or imagine how does it work so how does a training we were talking about the opening the opening days the open days training how that is does it work so let's say that i am and actually i have to be also completely sincere i was going on a bike when i was really young then i took a break uh, from when I was four years old until I was probably 25 and then I started to get riding but I had the basics right so it was okay but so Stefano 25 years old I mean 17 years ago then uh, want to do want to jump on the bike doesn't know how to ride bikes or any of actually your uh, the person that you are teaching how to ride bikes how do you start so how is the training looking like yeah, um, I mean, basically, we, we start off every training, which I think is very important, um, you know, with kind of like a basic, um, basic safety, uh, safety talk. Um, so, you know, step one is always to get everybody in helmets. Um, I always say that because I think people always forget that, but it is it is actually super important. Um, and then it's basically a matter of we um, we always work with two volunteers um, and then we hold uh, we'll hold the women learning um, basically by the elbows. Um, and it's basically just a, a, a project of, of walking or sometimes running, depending on how quick they are with them. Um, and it, you'll, it's, it's an interesting process because I think once you've done it a few times, you start to kind of get the feel for when you can start to, to let go. And, and it's really kind of a, a process of, of staying with this person until you can feel that they can balance on their own. And then we'll kind of gently, obviously in discussion with them, let them go. Um, and I have to say that's it's been quite a successful method. Um, 
And it really depends. Like we've had women who, you know, within an hour were like, okay, leave me alone. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Oh, nice. Um, we've had people who've needed, you know, five, six, seven, eight training sessions before they felt confident. Um, but it's, it's basically really up to the person learning and up to kind of the pace that they're comfortable. And I think also just depending on kind of your background and, and your balance and a whole variety of factors, some people get it really quick and some people take longer and that's, totally fine Mm -hmm. that's nice and i mean the thing that actually comes into my mind by having by talking about that so basically uh i actually again uh put myself in the shoes or on the pedals of somebody who is learning for the first time at not a young age let's say or anyways as an adult and it's a lot of a matter of trust you were mentioning before that from time to time you have people telling you yeah yeah i don't trust i i don't believe what you're telling me but on the other side you are really putting yourself in something that you have never done before in the arm and in complete trust with two people that are there holding you by the elbows and then at a certain point in order for you to learn they have to let you go how cool yeah, is that? I yeah. mean, how is that? It's super cool. It's also, I think that that's one of the reasons I think that that it's such a bonding experience because it is, and I think it's also like riding a bike. A lot of it is psychological, right? It's it's scary. I mean, Absolutely. It's scary. And it's also, I think, you know, obviously the the physics of it seem very improbable when you're kind of watching a bicycle. Like it, it's not obvious immediately how the thing even stands up. And I think that is sometimes very difficult for people. I mean, it's it feels very magic. The whole experience with bicycle um and so that's that's i think there's there's kind of the the physical element of like teaching people to pedal and teaching people you know to steer and teaching people where the brakes are but i think there's also the psychological element of kind of giving them the confidence that you know they're they they can actually balance and they're not going to fall over and we will hold them and you know if they fall like we will catch them um and that is is a as a major part of teaching someone to bike um, it's, 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 unfortunately, it is really like a feel. It's not kind of a technical skill that you can just like explain to someone it, I'm, as I'm sure you've experienced. It is, it is very much kind of a, a feel that they just have to get the feel for. Yeah. And actually, yeah, talking about trust for sure, they need to trust you quite a lot because it's something magic and you need to trust magic for sure. Uh, but also on the other side, it's also a lot of work that you are doing in order for them to trust themselves because you can explain the physics, but then it's going to be on them understanding that, okay, if I keep on doing that, then I'm going to gain confidence and then I keep on moving and I don't fall. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, that's the, the I think that's, that's somewhat the difficulty with a bike, right? Is obviously you have to be moving forward in order to balance. I think that mm. is very counterintuitive. I mean, yeah. obviously yes. <laughs> like you're not, you're not used to that. Um, so that's something that, that really like is, is it, I think part of the trust of the training is just, is really kind of getting people to the point where they, they experience that feeling of the bike moving forward and then being able to balance. And then I think that, that once you get past that kind of hurdle, then for most people, they're able to, to, to bike on their own. Yeah. Perfect. Talking about a bit more logistics and really being pragmatic. I mean, in order to teach somebody how to learn a bike, to learn how to bike, you need a bike. How does yes. it work? Where do you do you get the bike? And I, you were talking also before of records that you try also to provide the tool themselves itself. So the bike itself also to people after so to have practice and also to use it. So where all these bikes come from? Yeah, so we've actually been lucky enough. We've gotten um, a lot of donations. Um, we the bikes that we actually use for our open training, um, luckily enough, are provided um, by the by the bike school that we train at. 
Um, and that's super nice just because logistically, you know, we have 20, 30 bikes there um, that's difficult to transport. Um, and then we also actually have bikes. Um, we use a lot of folding bikes um, just because they're quite easy to transport. And that's um, kind of our main training fleet. Um, and then we're also, we're lucky enough through donations, we're able to, to acquire bikes and, and put those then at our training facilities. That's perfect. So we're talking actually, and you are talking, we are talking quite a lot and we are talking about donations. So donations, so let's put it in this other way. We're going to talk again about things, but support. So the support that anybody of us can give to buy KGs is not only mm-hmm. money donation, right? For sure, these are important, but there are other ways. And how can we, or how people can support maybe in different places or, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, the main, obviously the main avenue, and we always appreciate, um, we always appreciate money. Um, and obviously there is, there is a lot of money involved um, because, you know, bikes, it's not only the bikes, but also, you know, the, the maintenance and the, the, um, the training and the insurance and, and all these things. That, that of course. Make yeah, because everybody's run. insured, right? I mean, you need to have an insurance in order to teach people yes. to ride bikes. <laughs> That's yes, important. Um, and th- no, that's obviously also important, um, you know, for the for the safety of our participants. Yeah. Um, but we also were very we're very lucky to be able, and I think that's also a very nice thing when um, participants finish and are kind of road safe. Um, we do try and and see if we can arrange a, a bicycle for them. Um, we used to take in a lot of bike donations in the in recent times. We've just noticed it's become kind of logistically very difficult. Um, to deal with the bikes, so we've kind of moved more to to purchasing secondhand bikes ourselves, um, just to, because you know sizing is always a little bit tricky. Um, but like I said, we have been able to donate over over two hundred uh, bike sets to to people who have gone through our program. So that that's been really incredible. And I it's, actually I do occasionally see bikes um, because we we always put stickers on them. So I do occasionally see those bikes out on the streets of Berlin, and that always kind of puts a smile on my face when I see someone that's um, nice. with a bike that that was donated through Becky G's uh, kind of in their daily life. It's always lovely. Yeah. So basically, but do you have any also, I don't know, any network? I don't know. I'm thinking about bicycle shops or uh, there are a lot of these workshop kind of places where everybody can fix the bike itself. So because you were mentioning it before, for sure, the bike is the main thing. For sure, mm-hmm. riding the bike is the main of the main thing. But also there is a lot of maintenance and everything that should be involved in that. So are also people able to learn also basics, mechanics and uh, also another part of the network also there are also specific places where you're purchasing or just getting the bikes that you're donating um, we don't kind of have a specific bike purveyor um, we tend to kind of see what we can what we can get at the time it's also a little bit dependent on obviously on kind of what we need at the time I think um, obviously the the size is definitely an issue and also um, you know we, we do try and, and stick to folding bikes just because they're a little bit easier to transport um, but we do, yeah, that's one thing we definitely do, um, incorporate in our trainings is, is bike maintenance. So that, I mean, you know, basics like, you know, how do I pump up a tire? How do I switch a tube? Um, you know, and then basic safety things, how do I check the brakes, you know, make sure that the brakes are working. Um, these kind of things that I think every bike owner, um, should know how to do. Um, and we're actually really lucky also Berlin has an amazing network of, of, 
shops and also kind of community bike repair stations. And that's something that we've done um, in kind of individual areas that we work in um, is actually bring the women to these places and say, okay, you know, here, if you need larger maintenance done, um, there's a lot of kind of DIY bike shops in Berlin, but that really kind of depends on on um, where the training is and, and who is in that neighborhood. Perfect. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we've been talking about the logistics, but I would say that most of the focus of this talk is about stories. Tell us if you remember, if you have on top of your mind, or if there's something that actually really high, was an highlight of your time at Viking is any anecdote or any cool stories that you think, oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I think every time someone, you get someone up on a bike, it's an amazing, um, it's an amazing feeling. Like, I think that's, that's really like every, it doesn't matter how many times you've done it. It's just like every time it's, it's unique and fun and, and a great moment that you share with someone. Um, there's definitely, I mean, there's definitely been some, um, people who've, who've taken a little bit longer. And I think those are the people you really bond with because you know they're showing up five six seven eight times in a row um and really kind of you know and i think it is it is sometimes difficult if it takes that long because they're seeing other people learn a lot faster and, and you know sometimes people do get discouraged um but the when you get somebody who started finally biking on their own after a very long teaching period um that is really amazing and the other thing i, I like i mentioned earlier i think every time i see um, by my co-trainers um, that we actually who actually learned to bike with us teaching someone else that kind of really warms our hearts I think that's a really amazing sign that the project is is giving forward that's super great that's really really, really awesome uh, I have still another couple of questions I will start with the mm -hmm. easy one actually three questions I will start with the easiest one and is What's next? What's in the future? Do you have any project looking forward for bike EGs or yeah? Um, you know what? I think we're actually, you know, we, we've, we have a lot of, we have a lot going on right now. I mean, we're running, like I said, we're running 10 trainings a week plus the, um, the um, open trainings once a month and demand has not, uh, not, <laughs> really dropped um which you know was something that we weren't sure about especially coming back after covid and i think there's also been um you know a, a bit of a shift in in the, the people who are coming to germany now um but we've we have demand has been is still very high so i think the the plan is to kind of keep going keep going um until no one shows up at training but i i don't see that happening yeah <laughs> in the immediate future um yeah it's been really surprising and also really interesting kind of hearing people's stories as to what brought them and i think um especially now um it's been really nice we've had quite a few people come to trainings who've actually been here you know quite some time and are just now getting around to doing this and i think that's also really nice um, to see them kind of settle to the point where they're able to, to, you know, make time in their schedules to, to learn this skill. Yeah. Perfect. And then another question is support. We talked about support. We talked about the fact that actually you are many ways. So tell us, I mean, I live, uh, in Zurich, so for sure, maybe for me, the best way to do it is just donating or creating stuff like the one that I have been doing here, uh, creating a bit more of awareness about bike, bike And this is actually already something, but what's the best way then to support and for whoever, I mean, something like different levels and different things. 
Wow. That's awesome. That's super great. Uh, maybe just you also here. I think that's also it's gonna be the way. I'm still adjusting the last couple of things, but the best way actually to make donation is betterplace.org, right? Yes, perfect. Yeah, I think I'm gonna actually set up also because that's what I did also for uh, my last donations for the last couple of years. I will set up actually a link there where people can uh, can donate through that and. Uh, and that's great, but yeah, betterplace.org. Yeah, we can also, um, people can definitely take a look at our website, bykgs.org, um, and there's a couple other ways to donate, but Better Place is, is, is a great option. That's awesome. I have the last thing that I want to ask you, Katrina, but it's going to be really mm -hmm. open. So did we miss mm -hmm. something? That's anything else that you want to add? There's whatever, microphone is yours. Um. Oh, that's a tough question. That's <laughs> usually the right last now. one because it's the toughest one. <laughs> yeah, I have not really. I feel like we've we've covered all the kind of main points. I think yeah, I think the 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 main thing that I think I would just really like to highlight is I think it is, um, you know, this is it's important, and I think it's it's important that women. Um, be able to ride a bike. And I think it's, we often hear stories of, you know, for whatever reason that, that not being possible. I think that's something that we really um, would like to kind of put out into the world that this should be something that, that every woman has the right or has at least the opportunity. Um, and that is currently not the case and has historically also in Germany not been the case. Um, so that's something that we is kind of a, a main goal of the project is really to show that this is possible and also um, to kind of to, to make that happen, at least in, in this kind of small way. Yeah, that's great. And actually, we were talking about that. Uh, it was not actually the last question because something popped up into my mind. Um, we're discussing about that. Actually, um, develop a system or a project like Bikeys. At the end of the day, it's just a matter of course, you have some logistic challenges. Of course, you have some things that you have to take care of, bureaucracy and everything. But at the end of the day, it's a project that can be, I would not say easily, but... Rep replicable so it can be done also in other places right or in other cities it's not it doesn't need so much infrastructure that's what we were saying yeah absolutely and i think i mean this project started very ad hoc and i think you know we've obviously grown and, and learned a little bit along the way but um we also i think one of the things that i really love is uh, we've had a couple of cases where you know people have have learned from us and then taught other people and, and you know taken that back or you know taking that home with them um and i think that you know you you really 
on a really basic level, you know, you need a, a helmet and a bicycle and, you know, some willing helpers. And that's, that's kind of the, the basic <laughs> kit. Um, and I think that's, that's one of the reasons why we we're, we're really um, hopeful that this project will, will spread and that people will, you know, take that and, and see what we're doing and, and say, oh, well, you know, I could, I could also do that in my city. Perfect. Last three things. So we mentioned the website and I mm -hmm. have it here. It's uh, bikeegs.org, social media, Instagram is there, Facebook is there. Is there any other way where we can check what's going on or just learn or what's going on actually from you? Yeah, I mean, we're very, like I said, we're very active on social media. Um, you'll see a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of our work on social media. Um, we're also on our website. Um, yeah, those are kind of the two main, main avenues of contact. Perfect. Katrina, thanks a lot really for being part and finally uh, letting everybody, me, uh, first of all, listen to the story and the successful story of Bike EGs and the inspiring story, of course, of Bike EGs. And thanks a lot for what you're doing, most of all. I mean, thanks a lot for being actually here talking with me and explaining everything. But mostly, even without this talk, it's already a great thing what you're doing. And really, thanks a lot. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me. And yeah, thanks so much for spreading the word as well. Yeah. Talk to you soon. And thanks a lot, Katrina, for the awesome chat. And now, people, it's up to you. You heard how cool is the Bike EGs project. So now it's up to you to donate to this awesome charity. Not only because you can win an helmet, but just because they're really empowering women refugees on discovering the city and also their life in a different way. Thanks a lot for what you are doing. Thanks a lot again for everything happening over there and keep on doing it. You are just awesome people at Bike EGs and you people remember just down description below. You click on the link, you donate, you drop whatever you can and you will enter any possibility to win this amazing helmet by laser painted and uniquely painted by Alice, the artist, Summer Statue. On the Instagram. If you have any doubt, again, Calamaro CC on the Instagram or Broom Wagon Podcast on the Instagram as well. Share it with your friends. And next week, you're gonna see who is gonna be the winner from choosing randomly from everybody who donated to this awesome event. Thanks a lot again, Laser, for making this happen. Thanks a lot, Alice, for painting this awesome helmet. And thanks a lot, GravGrav, for the support and the awesome publication of the article that probably at that time is going to be on the GravGrav.cc platform. When are we going to talk again? I don't know, but keep on being engaged on social media. Calamaro CC on the Instagram or the Broomwagon podcast and keep on donating even after this raffle giveaway. You know what I mean. Talk to you soon.